You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this, and I'm writing about the NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We've got a lot of news happening here, not just the head coaching hires. We had five of those, but the offensive coordinator changes are robust throughout the league. We have uh, 13 of note. There are Three teams that have offensive-minded coaches, so we know their philosophy going forward. It would be the Colts with Shane Steichen, the Broncos with Sean Payton, and the Chiefs uh, did lose one of their key components on their offensive staff. Eric Bieniemy, their coordinator, went to the Commanders, but a lot of uh, experience with that staff. And Andy Reid, they should move on, have some of the same philosophies there, as well as Steichen carrying over what he did with Philadelphia to Indianapolis and Sean Payton. New Orleans gives us a good indication what he's going to do in Denver. But a lot of different philosophies coming in to focus for these teams that have changed coordinators here. So we'll get into them here. We'll rank the coordinators, how much we like these moves in terms of what they can bring to the fantasy football principles involved on these teams. Do they create an upgrade here for what we saw for those teams? Do they lead us to the negative and feel like this offense or these offenses won't be as productive for fantasy. So we're going to break that down. We're going to go number one and go all the way through 13. Yeah, there's 13 there of note when you take out the Colts, Broncos, and Chiefs from the equation for now and as they firm up their coaching staffs. But we do have uh, 13 to look at, and we'll break those down for you on today's show. Today's episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnDay to get started. All right, it is time to dive in, and uh, let's not uh, keep you waiting on the number one offensive coordinator hire. It is Kellen Moore going from Dallas to Los Angeles. What a move here for Moore. He gets to work with Justin Herbert after he's been working with Dak Prescott Interesting decision by Dallas. They wanted Mike McCarthy more in charge of the offense. They did hire a replacement quickly for Moore, but Moore gets to work with a younger quarterback here in Herbert. Uh, offense that was okay with Joe Lombardi, who was uh, fired, and kind of the scapegoat for the Brandon Staley kind of misgivings and shortcomings here that you had with him and his team this season. So. They change up the coordinator here, so it's actually the third style of system here. He did Herbert as a rookie of Shane Steichen and Anthony Lynn, then he's transitioned to Joe Lombardi, and now he's getting Kellen Moore, who has seen the Cowboys' offense put up some massive numbers, whether it's passing or running or scoring. Kellen Moore's had a massive impact on Dallas, so you figure that's going to transition well to Los Angeles. This is by far the best offensive system in the three for uh, Justin Herbert in his young career here. And this is important because the Chargers are going to play or pay Justin Herbert a lot of money. They played him a lot. They played him really well, and he's responded here. But he's turning the corner as a 2021st rounder. This is a time to break the bank for him. So you got to make sure that he lives up to those expectations. He's had 
fine seasons to start his career. Three very good years for Justin Herbert, but he can get better. He's got that big arm. He's got the athleticism. He's got the weapons. You'll see them also harness the running game a little bit better to help open things up for Herbert and the downfield passing attack. So really, Kellen Moore, there's no downside. He's able to call a run-heavy offense. He's able to cover a pass-happy offense. It doesn't really matter. Chargers are going to get it done, and you'll see them maximize what they have. Now, there's been some rumors that they might move on from Keenan Allen's contract and invest more heavily at wide receiver here to help uh, Herbert going forward with Mike Williams and some of the other young targets they have here. But I would expect they keep Allen because they're a contender right now and can go after it here with one more year with Herbert. So that's why they make the aggressive move. Maybe they had an indication that more would become available. They were pretty quick on moving on Lombardi here. So really like this hire based on the track record in Dallas. We've seen a lot of fantasy football assets and explosion. We know it's very good for Austin Eckler, given some of the numbers. Ezekiel has put up scoring, as well as Tony Pollard receiving and a change of pace. So it's good for him. It's good for the receivers. It's great for Herbert. It's all the above here for Kellen Moore. He comes in at number one among the new coordinator hires. Number two goes to Baltimore here with the Ravens hiring Todd Munkin. He comes from Georgia, where he's the offensive coordinator there with that fine running game, run-based offense. They're playing off the defense, of course. Uh, Stetson Bennett had a Heisman Trophy finalist-type season in that offense as well. So there's some question marks on how involved, however, that Lamar Jackson was in the process. Now, Munkin, on paper, with his run-heavy style and the importance of running the ball, would seem to have a good effect on Jackson. And then Stetson Bennett did run quite a bit here for Georgia, so... That also would seem to help where you have a dedicated runner that could really help you in Lamar Jackson. So I'm not quite sure that's going to play out quite yet. Does Lamar Jackson prefer maybe going to Arthur Smith in Atlanta and that type of run-heavy system and to make it work? So Munkin and the Ravens, of course, made this move hoping that Jackson would be happy and still in the mix as they replace Greg Roman, who they kind of uh, brought in to cater to Jackson's running style. Now, Munkin, I think, is going to try to fix the rest of the team a little bit with their run-heavy attack with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and try to get that short up with better health and uh, better blocking up front and open things up a little bit more in the downfield passing and playing off that. So a little bit old-school North Turner there, run, 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 pound, play action, take your shots. That's the kind of offense that you will see from Munkin. So Lamar's got to have the arm to play off that and be successful. So We'll see how that plays out, but very interesting hire. I really like it. Munkin, the results are pretty darn good in college. He's had the NFL experience as well with the Buccaneers, so there's a lot of things to like about Munkin here that going to bring the numbers that we're looking for in fantasy. You also can't argue with the commanders hiring Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he's been right there with Andy Reid and that uh, Chiefs coaching staff to produce rather well. Now, the quarterback situation is a little bit questionable with Sam Howell, but you have Terry McLaurin, you got uh, Jahan Dotson, you've got some running back depth. Their offensive line's not bad with Charles Leno Jr. holding it down at left tackle, so it's not bad overall for enemy. Good balanced offense with some explosive plays that could be coming. That's good for Dotson's value as well because he's a speedster, can stretch the field. McLaurin is a very good uh, kind of possession intermediate receiver, so he could emerge as the Travis Kelsey in the type of offense, so... Really like it, and really it's about someone who can get the ball to these guys now. The enemy, a good score there. Speaking of North Turner, they moved on from his son Scott, bringing enemy to kind of uh, bring some West Coast concepts, get rid of the ball quickly, but also 
maintain some deep prowess and ability to run the ball. So a little bit of everything you get from Eric Bieniemy. Wanted to kind of break free from Andy Reid's shadow a bit and uh, before making that bridge stop into a head coaching job. So maybe that had hurt him a little bit more that he wasn't the play caller. So now maybe getting that opportunity here with the commanders to really show that he's on that level with Reed as one of his uh, main projects. And finally, the, the f- number four in this segment that we'll get to, we'll get all of these uh, hires by the time it's said done here, 13, we're ranking all 13, but number four is a sneaky one, Thomas Brown, coming over from the Rams, he takes over the Panthers offense under Frank Reich, so I thought Reich might tap into someone in his past from the Eagles or Colts, but instead he goes to Sean McVay, and that tree has produced a lot of great coaches, so Thomas Brown, this is going to help him potentially become a head coach here soon, but well-respected leader there for the Rams. They've got a lot of motivation. He's an assistant head coach to Sean McVay, so you get a little bit of extra help here in a younger mind to help Frank Reich. So I really like it. Thomas Brown to the Panthers. So rather sleepily as a pick here, but I think this team is going to be very effective running the ball. Thomas Brown's a Georgia former running back here, so you'll have a good form there, whether it's uh, Dante Foreman or Chuba Hubbard. Foreman is a free agent, so they got to figure that out. Hubbard, that's a good uh, baseline here, so wish McCaffrey was there to uh, build on that, but he's in San Francisco, we know, benefiting from Kyle Shanahan and that play calling. But Thomas Brown, right now, up-and-comer. We've seen this uh, tree work before with uh, Matt Floor and Zach Taylor, so people joke about the offensive uh, connection to rent coach Sean McVay and how that helps in fantasy and reality with offenses. Well, Thomas Brown, another rising star. He's only 36 years old. Good recognition by Reich there to hire a kid. So maybe a little difference of philosophies between those two, but they're going to make it work mesh. The bottom line is just getting more out of their offense. I think the Panthers will do that with Thomas Brown at the helm coming as the number four best hire as offensive coordinator here in 2023. We'll still get into the rest here. Nine more to go. We'll hit for next segment before finishing up with five here on a Tuesday. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of that fat and calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. The holidays are over, and we're almost done with February. We know that uh, Lent is here coming up with uh, our Mardi Gras stuff, and we got to put it away. And uh, there's one way to eat healthier, and that's uh, to get into Built Bar. And you can uh, eat healthier without compromising taste with Built Bar. Really, you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. It's perfect for your Lenten giving up and uh, just to help you fill that void with something that's really good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Wait for starters. They are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in amazing and unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, just to name a few. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar in most bars with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to go to your website to get the bars only. We've been talking about going to built.com, but now you can get your local Walmart or Sam's Club uh, and uh, have them give you some built bars. That's right. You can just go there and head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today. In Walmart, just walk to the pharmacy section. You can grab yourself a box of built bar, a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs are all over there. 
At Sam's Club, you can uh, get a 13-bar box, and you can get brownie batter churro and some of the fantastic flavors as well. So check it out. Get your Built Bars either at Built.com, and now at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, you can thank me later. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here in Lockdown Fantasy Football and look at the next set of offense coordinator hires. Number five is Nathaniel Hackett. He did uh, really uh, disappoint, we know, with the Russell Wilson situation in Denver, but why is Nathaniel Hackett here with the Jets? We talked about it with the Aaron Rodgers rumors on the previous show, but, yeah, they want to get Rodgers. They want a Hackett-Rodgers reunion here, want to maximize that. So it's really a Rodgers and bust scenario here for the Jets, or bust, I should say. I don't think they will bust with Rodgers. So interesting that the Jets uh, made this move uh, fresh off the Broncos' failure for Hackett, but this is, can be made with only one thing in mind, wooing and courting successfully bringing Aaron Rodgers to the Jets in a trade. So that's why he's a high at number five. If you base on the track record of last year, I think he's just being a head coach is a little bit too much. Now he has Robert Sala to control things as the leader of the team. Hackett can go back to focusing on the offensive part of things. Some guys just can't make that cut in that transition and be able to do all parts of things for a team. And Hackett just didn't hack it, uh, no pun intended there. So they move on uh, there. So he comes in number five, all with the intention of getting Aaron Rodgers. Now the Eagles stayed in the house to replace... Shane Steichen, we talked about him going to the Colts and having that influence on that offense. Brian Johnson's a quarterback's coach. That's good. Someone familiar with Jalen Hurts, worked closely with him. So he just elevates a little bit here for this team. Nick Sirianni, of course, has some oversight as the former offensive coordinator of the Colts himself. So you got that here as well. So didn't have to really force things, but next man up would be the quarterback's coach with Hurts and Brian Johnson gets that role. So pretty solid hire right in the middle at uh, number six. Same thing with the Texans at number seven. I, I love the solidness of this hire with Bobby Slowick coming over from the 49ers. You have Demico Ryans, the former Texans linebacker, as their head coach, formerly of the 49ers and playing with Kyle Shanahan. So maybe realizing trying to install that system. It didn't quite work out following that system for Sala and bringing Michael LaFleur from the 49ers, but we know how well it worked with Mike McDaniel taking over as head coach for the Dolphins. So that uh, system is definitely there for the Texans to build a little bit. And Damian Pierce and the running game are going to be a bread and butter for that. But they're going to look for a quick passer who can get out the ball quickly and successfully there in that offense. So you like that and uh, some status quo there with the Eagles. But uh, the Texans pushing in the right direction and embracing that 49er style offense. Now Bill O'Brien comes in at number eight. He is the offense coordinator for New England once again. They moved on from the Joe Judge-Matt Patricia combination after they saw Josh McDaniels take over as head coach of the Raiders. But Bill O'Brien has some good concepts. The two tight end stuff going back in the day really helps with Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith here. So really good uh, situation here for the Patriots going forward. they got to get more out of Mac Jones and uh, get him in that same comfort zone he was with McDaniels, who's now at the Raiders. So maybe O'Brien having some of that college experience is going to help there for sure. So... Looking at uh, him as the number eight coordinator hire. So five more that I'm a little bit iffier about here after this group of eight that uh, regardless of how the quarterback plays out, I just have some reservations about how good some of these offenses can be. And we'll get into those teams, the potential most disappointing offenses based on their new hires in our final segment here, Locked on Fantasy Football. We told you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. 
is the number one sports book of the NFL. It's also the midway point of the NBA season with the All-Star break ending. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That's a bonus bet back if your first doesn't bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can quickly bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three points made. So, so much good stuff there. So, it is uh, many ways to play that's available at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel lets you even combine your bets for a chance of bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL as well as the NBA. All right, it is time to close the show looking at the hires that I didn't like as much as we transition. Eight hires, pretty decent. Let's look at number nine. We got... Uh, a change there. Byron Leftwich was fired. You got uh, the Bucks going with Dave Canales. He comes over from being the Seahawks quarterback coach for Geno Smith. So they're borrowing some Shane Waldron adjacent. That's a little bit of Rams style of offense here for the Bucks. So a little bit of a change here. They got to find the quarterback. Kyle Trask is the only one they have. Blaine Gabbert's a free agent. Tom Brady's retired. They got to find a quarterback option that can fit in Dave Canales. Does this help maybe bring them Geno Smith potentially if the Seahawks want to move on? And the Bucks say, okay, Gino can do it for us here. And the, Buc- and the Seahawks say, okay, we're going to go draft a quarterback here. You go Bucks and go in that direction. So something to look at here with the, the Bucks and potentially Gino courting him in free agency now. But I think Canales was put in because he kind of was the quarterback with Spurrier for Smith, got him under control. He was the comeback player of the year with his tutelage there under Waldron. So do you like that higher to some degree? But again, I'm not sure how the quarterback is going to mesh in that hire. Until I know that, it's hard to know how good uh, the Canales move is for the Bucks. The Cardinals are barring from the Browns. They've got Drew Pelzing there, their former uh, assistant. He's now going to call the place for the Cardinals under Jonathan Gannon, the former Eagles defense coordinator, taking over as their head coach. So they, Drew Pelzing can have that influence there. He just came from the Browns, so a little bit of run-heavy concepts there. For sure, the Cardinals have that with James Conner being their power back versus Nick Chubb. They have a little bit of change of pace back as well. You look at also Deshaun Watson, a bit of running quarterback. They didn't do too much with him. But Jacoby Brissett was also there, pretty mobile as a quarterback. So these influences should be pretty good for Kyler Murray here. So Jonathan Gannon, I think, going outside a little bit to his tree and comfort zone to a different type of uh, team and their style of uh, passing, I think, is important here. But Drew Pelzing, I'm just going to... Hold it back here because I'm not sure how Kyler Murray is going to take to any coaching in particular this style here to change things up. All right, the Rams, uh, there's not much there. Uh, Michael Floor, we mentioned him as the former offensive coordinator of the Jets. Didn't quite work out there, but we know Michael Floor is going to be brought along well behind Sean McVay here. McVay making a lot of the calls. So I do like uh, that situation. Michael Floor can rebuild his stock a little bit as a big-time assistant and get that opportunity. But as the offense coordinator for the Rams, it's very interesting. You have Tim Kelly being promoted for the Titans. I don't know if that's all that great, given the Titans are all not that explosive on offense behind Derrick Henry. You've got to find those elements here, whether it's a quarterback or wide receiver or defense. They just need some type of help there. So Tim Kelly trying to keep status quo there with the Texans in 
or the Titans, I should say, with what they lost as well. So Todd Downing moving on. So when you look at that, uh, Tim Kelly is in the mix here. So I do like the Slowick hire a little bit better, of course, than Tim Kelly. Again, Kelly promotion within for the Titans and can go there. Now, the last offense coordinator hire on my list is uh, coming full circle. It's the guy who replaced Kellen Moore in Dallas. It's Brian Schottenheimer. I don't know why he'd want to do this. Maybe the offense was a little too opened up for Mike McCarthy's liking here, but now you have McCarthy and Schottenheimer, two old-school coaches. That means you're going to get a lot of the running game with uh, whoever's in there now. Ezekiel, they said they'll bring back instead of cutting. We'll see how that plays out. Tony Pollard is a free agent, so it'll uh, give us some indication on how they feel good about the passing game. So that's my only concern with Schottenheimer. If they invest more in the running game, and their offensive line is pretty solid. They're going to try to do that more and peel back what Dak Prescott does here and become too run heavy. And we've seen that with Jason Garrett. But Sean Imer, pretty conservative. He's in some of that Turner mode where they uh, had him in Seattle as well with Russ Wilson. I don't think he was his favorite type of offense coordinator. They had the let Russ, let Russ Cook thing kind of develop. Sean Imer kind of rated in. So we'll see about Dak Prescott. Is there going to be a let Dak Cook? Thing happening with him with this offense, something to watch for sure. But you just can't say the Cowboys going from Moore to Schottenheimer is an upgrade. It's definitely a downgrade. Moore was a wunderkind ahead of his time with his play calling and some of the things and concepts. Well, Schottenheimer is more on the older school approach here. So they're going to just try to run it, set it up for easy passing, and go from there. So definitely an innovative uh, hire there when you look at it for these. Uh, teams for the most part, but there are some that are just uh, uninspiring, and that's why they come in last place here in our rankings. So a lot of good stuff. You had uh, Eric B. Enemy as a good uh, pickup there. I really like uh, that for the commanders, a lot of the concepts with their uh, quarterback and all that. So but there are some downside ones. So again, the top ones I like, Kellen Moore to the Chargers, Todd Munkin to the Ravens, Eric B. Enemy to the Commanders, and Thomas Brown going to the Panthers and Least uh, favorite hire definitely is Brian Schottenheimer going to the Cowboys because I think that was a Mike McCarthy move, a personality thing that didn't quite work out there with him, so they had to move on. So Schottenheimer brings a little bit more of that conservative, run-oriented approach there to Dallas. All right, your 13 new offensive coordinators of note rank that aren't uh, there in a key position to call plays for the team. So that's uh, how we looked at it as well, that uh, these uh, coordinators will be heavily involved with their game plans and uh, how fantasy football kind of transpires here in 2023. So, again, between all those changes, plus you got uh, those other teams I mentioned, the culture change, Steichen, the Broncos, and Sean Payne, the Chiefs, as they figure out who officially is that post under Andy Reid. There's so much excitement over how much the offensive explosion can continue here. And some of these coordinators, good hires. Now it really comes down to having the right personnel with which to execute, including most important, most of all, at quarterback. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Make sure you check out uh, Locked On Sports today. Next, it's the podcast you need to know to get you covered on the biggest stories of the day. That's Locked On Sports today here on the network. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're free and available to you on all platforms. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll check you out on Wednesday's show.